0: Welcome to the show, Amy Weber Unleashed. Of course, I am Amy Weber. And today we have the beautiful Katie Chung on the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Of course. I know we we're just discussing allergies. <laughs> so funny. Nowadays, like every time you think that you have something, it's like COVID. I know. There's no such thing as
1: anything besides COVID. I know. You have COVID or you're fine. Yeah. You have an eyelash in your eye
0: and like, I think I have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No kidding. No,
1: but allergy season, if you don't live in Vegas there are allergies here. Absolutely. I didn't know that until yeah. I moved here
0: and it's horrific. Where did you live before Las Vegas? I lived in Idaho. Oh you did? I'm from Illinois. Oh so we know how it is. Yeah. Yes. I didn't. It's so weird though. I was on a farm and always on a tractor and never had airborne allergies so I think maybe the air quality out here is just not the best. Yeah the same. Grandpa is a farmer lived over there
1: I didn't live with them but it was over there all the time oh my god never had allergies potatoes potatoes oh my uncle was a potato farmer
0: I love that my (laughs) kids love potatoes (laughs) there you go I don't know what it is like suddenly they're into potatoes and muffins Ooh, muffins yeah hey I love I love me some muffins I love a muffin too (laughs) yeah definitely so um so how long did you live in Idaho before you ended up out here did you bypass and go somewhere else
1: I actually, I've been away from home, away from Idaho for 10 years, moved here, moved to L.A., and then I actually came back.
0: Okay. Did mm-hmm. you hate L.A.? Was it not a fun- It just
1: didn't make sense for me because a lot of it was working from home, a couple opportunities here and there, but it didn't make sense for me to spend the money I was spending when I could own a home here in Vegas and then fly out or drive out if I needed to be in L.A.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. I, I remember I had agencies because I was doing print and then I was modeling and doing everything. And I had agencies in every single city, even in San Diego. So mm-hmm. they, I would go down to San Diego. That's literally like a five hour there and back trip just for an audition, hoping and praying that, you know, it would stick. So I can see, I mean, LA is literally, well, if you don't drive the speed limit, it's like what, four hours? (laughs) Yes. I think I've made it in three and a half, but that
1: was like midnight, like no traffic. Yeah, me too.
0: And going like a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I know. No, I think my eye opener was when I had a meeting in Santa Monica. I lived in LA and drove out to Santa Monica, came back and round trip. It was three hours.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I was like, No. No, I'm just gonna move and I'll just come back when I need to.
0: Yeah, it's really smart, especially because of the cost of homes out here. Obviously they're rising now. I'm a real estate broker, yes. but but you know, ten years ago, definitely way more affordable.
1: Well, I could never own a house in LA unless I was a multimillionaire. I mean realistically. Right. But being here. Yeah, you can live a lot better, and that's why everyone's moving here from California. No, it's true. <laughs> People say, like,
0: oh, Amy, you know, what's an affordable home? And it's like, it's a million dollars. That's pretty much, if you want to have a yard and in, in a pretty decent area, you're looking at a million dollars. And that's a jumbo loan, and not everyone can qualify for that. So. Absolutely. Because just to even come up with a 5% down sometimes can be tough. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I read that you were a hockey player, which is so interesting to me because I used to race motorcycles. And I ice raced once. It's where you put like studs in Mm -hmm. the tires. And it was the scariest experience of my life. Was it downhill or was it like a track? No, I I literally, I raced flat tracks. So basically we'd have long straightaways and then you'd, you know, go into the corner and put your foot down. But ice racing, you just held on for dear life. And it was like, so did you play hockey with other girls or men or? Both. So I started, my dad was actually
1: the hockey director for Idaho and my brother played and then I think they tricked me cuz they wanted me to be a goalie have someone to practice on so they're like hey you should play hockey too so tried it loved it and I was since I was a goaltender I got invited to play with women's rec league men's rec league boys travel girls travel high school so I was on multiple teams every year playing wow and I think it's easier as a goaltender to be able to do something like that because
0: you don't get into brawls do you i mean people no know.
1: not until I was I actually went to New York and played at a pretty oh, yeah. decent On level. The, and East Coast hockey is a, <laughs> a little different. different. <laughs> yeah.
0: Everything in the East Coast is a little different. Yeah, so
1: those girls definitely fought. Oh, my but God. But the the girls over in, in Idaho didn't. But I love that you played or that you did motocross because I rode dirt bikes growing up. You did? I did. I feel like, we're, like we should be friends.
0: Definitely. <laughs> I know. I don't know many women. I mean, I know I, it's probably more commonplace now because obviously I'll be 51 in July. So back then I was, you know, 7 to 12 racing. My sister turned pro um, when she was 16. Wow! So she was racing Harleys, and um, yeah, back then she and I were pretty much you know the only girls, and every boy was not allowed to let us beat them, or they'd get their ass beat basically mm-hmm. after the race. So wow. that's crazy. Do you still ride? Do you still go off road, or do you well? I was actually looking for a
1: bike, but because of COVID, everyone took them all, and then they didn't produce any. Right. So they're
0: behind. So I haven't been able to find one. Wow. I don't think I would trust riding on the road, only because I don't, you just can't trust other drivers. Mm -hmm. I would rather be in the sand dunes or out in the dirt. I'm 100% with you. I would dirt bike, but street, I never cared to ride a motorcycle on the street. It was never my thing. I mean, splitting lanes. I mean, obviously that's. that's terrifying. But you can't trust again that someone's going to, you know what I mean, move over for you and all it takes is that one person. It was always not if you're going to get an accident, but when. Yeah, we were just that. talking, we were just discuss- discussing, because I was on a Howard Stern produced show called Sun on the Beach that I starred on, and we were talking about, there was an actress who recently passed away, who was on our show, and she literally was walking in a crosswalk and got hit by a scooter. Like not a motorcycle, not scooter. a semi, a scooter, and because she had so many internal injuries, just the way that she was struck, she passed away. That's awful. And she was like 63 years old. It's not like she was in her hundreds. no. That's awful. So can you imagine like a full blown, Mm-mm. yeah, motorcycle? Nope. Oh nope. my goodness. So do you miss the cold at all?
1: I miss the white Christmas. Yeah. I try to go every Christmas to Sun Valley, Boise, somewhere where I can have some snow and can really feel that holiday spirit. Yeah. I always ask myself why I'm here in Vegas this time of year, because it's not fun to be sitting in 110, 115 degree weather. Right. So right now I do wish I was more in a cooler place.
0: Yeah. You know, it's short term. Summers are like, what,
1: three months that it's this bad.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even California, it's still just blazing hot. I mean, they were telling us we have a generator. We have a hotel generator at our house because I have a ranch. So we're a little bit outside of LA and we get a little bit hotter than everybody else. So I'm mm-hmm. just like just I don't want to deal. Just no. put the generator. No. Yeah. I want one of those now. A generator in, my house. in your house. <laughs> I know. Um, so tell me what you're doing now. Are you um, are you on the circuit? Are you I know you're you're definitely into fitness. I want to know is it something that's always been a passion of yours? My
1: dad was an advocate to always be a part of something, whether it be team sports, doing something, being very active. And once I was done with hockey, he was very into fitness. And he said, hey, you know, it'd be really cool. Why don't you try this? There's a local show here. It was before bodybuilding was cool. You know, people questioned me why I wanted a six pack because girls didn't have six packs then. Yeah. So decided to do my first bodybuilding show at 19 and It was okay. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't love the dieting. I love the training. I could have trained all day long, but the dieting, I mean, I love food. Yeah. And you tell me I can't have something, and I just was mad. (laughs) Yeah. So I fell in love with the process and I think learning how to really tweak your body. And then as I was doing that, I got an internship with bodybuilding.com, which was really big at the time. And that's when I really started to get, I guess, on the modeling side of it, and then fell into more competitions as they introduced the bikini division in the IFBB. And then that wasn't as strict of training. Yeah. So, liked it more then, and then social
0: media happened. Right. And kind of became more of the social media influencer. Yeah, it's amazing. I, um, you know, I witnessed witnessed firsthand my mom just being really obese. Uh, My mom was probably about five feet tall at the most and she probably weighed about 200 or more pounds so on that kind of a frame you know it wasn't just like her knees hurt and her back hurt and everything hurt it was just such such a lack of self-esteem you know and I don't think it's like you don't need to be a size zero to have really good self-esteem but I think it's like the whole mind body like everything is so connected that um you know, when you're kind of really on a super low and you're on that low of a frequency, that part of you, I don't know how you mentally, you know what I mean? I think it's really, really hard. I mean, how, I, I don't even think I would know even now what to tell her because, you know, just even to start, what do you start with? Do you just start walking? Do you start? Yes. Walking,
1: walking. Just, I think the biggest thing is when you're in that spot, it's kind of a It's kind of a vicious cycle, right? You get down, you get depressed. And a lot of times when you're depressed, you don't want to do anything. And you eat
0: your feelings. And you eat. But
1: you don't want to move. You don't want to get up. You don't want to see people. So how do you get out of that cycle? And a lot of it is something little, right? I always tell people short-term goals. So let's just walk to go get a drink at the gas station. I don't care if it's a quarter of a mile. Let's just go for a walk or just walk down to the park. And just actively put that in your schedule. And my goal is to just walk to the park. Just walk to the park once a week. Doesn't even matter how much or how far. Just go, get up and go. Little attainable things. Very attainable. And then you fulfill that and you get that little self-reward, right? I did what I wanted to do. And so you check that box. And I think as you start to do that, then, okay, next week I'm going to do this and this. Or I'm going to swap out this food for that food. So, setting those short attainable goals where you feel like you hit that and you feel that reward that will give that little boost of confidence. Yeah. Also, you know, when I train clients, there's a happy and a healthy. Like I was at an extreme of bodybuilding. And yeah, it may look good, that's not healthy. Yeah. And I mentally did not love it. I was missing out on things I wasn't having fun. I hated it. Yeah. And so there's a balance between that side and the other side and I think I always tell everyone happy and healthy and that means like mentally happy and healthy as in you may not be a size zero but you're healthy right inside and mentally
0: yeah no I know it was funny I was you know because being in the business doing a lot of you know muscle fitness hers and a lot of you know shape magazine covers and stuff you know you I had to stay in a particular shape obviously not so ripped as to go and do a contest but of course then those were the guys that I was dating at the time and it was like going to dinner with them was miserable there was like one choice like air one that's it you know what I mean or you cook at home it's like no dairy no salt I was literally like hiding Reese's peanut butter cups in my glove compartment because it's like I would feel, he would make me feel so guilty about like, did you train today? What did you eat today? It's like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Yeah. That's just not, look, I'm not saying go and eat an entire chocolate cake. I'm like literally of the attitude, touch it and pass it. It's okay to have a little, it's not okay to eat the whole thing because obviously that's just not healthy. Um, But I would rather have a home baked something with wholesome ingredients than to go, you know what I mean? Yes. And even with that bodybuilding diet, they're still having like
1: poison because they're having sugar-free stuff they're having right. you know in order for it to taste good it's not good chemicals that they're putting in their body yeah and so you know I would rather have the organic whole food and eat that than to try and make it taste right no I know I have had the poison. guy on son
0: of the beach that pretended to be Arnold Schwarzenegger right because we made fun of Baywatch and so it was like this huge comedy <laughs> and um, he was eating egg protein well I don't know if you I'm sure you yeah. know what egg protein does to the body. My Star Wagon was attached to his Star Wagon. And I would just be like, Really? How many times can you flatulate in a 30 minute span of us having a break? It, w- it smelled so bad in my trailer oh my because it just came through. And it's like, Can you try some whey? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, how it's some vegetable? Like, I'm not asking you to do soy protein, but just anything but eggs. Then yes. he ended up with chickens. Live chickens in Israel, which I guess was better than manufactured like egg protein. Okay, but yeah. But the chickens didn't smell much better no. than the farts. No. Oh. oh my gosh. No. Yeah, it's so extreme. People sometimes take things, I think, to such an extreme. Yeah. And there's definitely a happy medium. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. There's so many people that are into fitness just for the wrong reasons. Like you said, it's like they're doing everything about the outside, but they're not really fixing anything about the inside and we're just all connected.
1: Yeah. And not even to mention there's a lot and I see it, which is odd on lower level competitions, a lot of people taking illegal substances. Yeah. That, you know, when we start to get older, now you're having thyroid problems. Now you're having infidelity problems. Like you're having fertility problems. You're having or you know, everything, all these problems because you are taking so many substances. It's like
0: a shortcut. I know. I was wrestling. I was saying I was wrestling, and and it's hard to stay in shape when you're on the road. You're 300 and some 60 days, and there's like – Amy, I swear you won't grow a penis. I was just like, I don't want it. You know what I mean? Like, but it's easy. How many times are you going to run up and down the, you know, the stadium stairs? I'm like, as long as it takes not to have a penis, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I don't want to inject, you know what I mean? Yes. This stuff. So it does have kind of long-term consequences. Oh, absolutely. I am. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but I tried out for WWE. You
1: did? Yeah. Back in, um, man, maybe 2011, 2012.
0: Did you try? No, for it, was,
1: it was sooner than that. Maybe. Did you go to
0: the training camp, or Orlando. You f- wow. Yeah, I went to college in Orlando. You did. How was the camp? It was fun.
1: It yeah. was a lot of fun. Um, Alexis, what's mm-hmm. the g- new girl now? That's really big. She was in. She was like a coach. Okay. When we were there, and then the big Samoan girl, super popular now. I'm kind of out of the loop. Yeah, I'm
0: out of the loop too.
1: But she was also she was trying out when I was trying out. Okay. She's awesome. She's big time now, I guess, but wow. it was really fun. I met some awesome, awesome people. The most terrifying thing I've ever done.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, people say, like, oh, it's fake. It's fake. It's like, listen, it is choreographed, but that does not mean that it is fake. It does not mean that it is not a strenuous, incredible, like you really have to be an athlete in yes. order to... Um, to handle wrestling,
1: so you know when we did hockey camps, my dad's like, "Be in, be the first. That's how you get recruited. You're always the first in line." So they tell us, "Do a front flip and land on your back." Yeah. And I'm like, "What?" But did they tell you to blow out first and take your anything? Oh yeah, tuck your chin so
0: you don't lose your breath. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's <laughs> all I got. Getting the God. wind knocked out just, of you yeah. is the
0: worst feeling <laughs> ever. But, but they're
1: just like, "Okay, just do a flip and land on your back." And I just looked at him and I'm the first in line.
0: And people think the ring is, like, super, like, soft. No. It's not. No. So <laughs> I,
1: I literally just took a breath in. Like, <gasps> I'm just going to go for it. And I landed it. And then, like, I was a little shook, you know? Oh, and I just got up and, like, walked to the corner. Like, right.
0: Like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> like, just, like that was <gasps> fine. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. So how long were you at the training camp? I think it was, like, three or four days. Okay. I don't know. But the most terrifying thing was at the very end when you have to do your little performance or your speech. Right. I didn't know that until the day like before. Like you had to be on the microphone? Is that... Well, we had to, we had to do like our little... Kind of like the intro personality type thing. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know anything about WWE. No, it's okay.
0: Because I, I came onto the scene through the diva search. Oh, okay. And so I was training while we were actually on live TV. So like oh. we were doing TV and then before we would go live and they were setting up, I would be training Okay. with the wrestlers. So I didn't have to go through that, which oh. why a lot of people, I pissed a lot of people off because I hopped the line. You're lucky. On that one.
1: No, you had to stand up in front of all the peers, all the guys trying out, all the girls trying out trying out and then the coaches you have like 10 f- cameras on you
0: oh and you have to be like yeah i'm jamie and i'm gonna kick your ass yes. because like you, you know. have to have your like persona right
1: and me not knowing anything about WWE, i'm like shit well okay
0: oh my god so i
1: just went up there super cocky and yeah it's like i can pull that off i guess so
0: yeah i had to lick ice cream in front of the rock that was great. I'm really hoping my kids see that one day because that's awesome. You're like, that's ingrained. No, actually, I no. I had to lick ice cream in front of somebody else. I had to eat a cherry pie because mm-hmm. he likes pie. Yeah, in the oh, most indeed. sexual, sensual way possible, and it's all on camera. Oh my God. don't Google it, people. Do not Google <laughs> it. Yeah. So I mean, listen, he's such a nice guy, mm-hmm. and but you know, you did. You're in the middle of a competition. You're live on TV, and you know. Just the adrenaline takes over and you just, like, make a fool of yourself. Yeah, you just put on an act. Yeah. You're in the moment. I feel it. I get it. Yeah, it's funny. And I I was always, I was kind of upset because they made me a heel, right? I wasn't a face, Mm -hmm. the good guy, I was a bad guy. But then I learned later on that that was sort of the right path because they love heels because they turn them good and then you're just super popular. Yeah. But you're just not used to it. like, you, you go out in front of, you know, 20 to 60,000 people and they were literally calling you like gutter slut and they're God. like throwing shit at you. And you're just supposed to be like, yeah, that's me. You know, you're just like, oh my God, they hate me. You know, it, it, they're supposed to hate you because yeah. if you're doing your job, they yeah. hate you and they're going to call you every name in the book. And they even had signs like, you know, like go F yourself. That is so crazy. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is hateful, but. I mean, at the end of the day, they were like, Amy, you're doing right. Like, you're doing your job, the fact they hate you so much. And I'm like, all right, if you say so. It's, like, really strange. But it's interesting. Um, I'll end up doing a podcast about wrestling, but so many people have so many misconceptions about that particular um, industry and just how much money is being made and, like, what's happening behind the scenes. But it's a lot different than what people would think. Yeah,
1: I heard rumors when I was there and then from some people that did – wrestling for other companies or Mm -hmm. other promotions or whatever it's called. And then that's when I
0: decided it wasn't really my thing. It probably was a good thing. I mean, honestly, with wrestling, I think the hard, hard fact is this. If you're an actress, right, or you're a model, there are so many different, like, places that you can be successful. For instance, as an actor, let's say that you end up not doing huge feature films. There is still Broadway, there's commercials, there's TV. There's theater, there's off, there's a lot of things that you can do and um, independent films even. But when it comes to wrestling at the time, it was WWE or it was um, PW, there was like one other one Mm -hmm. and that was it. I mean, that's it. So the competition was really stiff and then what happens is if you don't get TV time, so if you're not actually on TV, you travel, you still have to go. And you're just sitting in the locker room. I mean, thank God I wasn't, but then I was hated for it because I constantly kept going on TV and going live and I had a storyline. Then you make your money from all the ancillary products. Mm. So your t-shirts and your posters and the video games and the pay-per-views, that's really where you make your money because everyone else, even like the really big stars in the beginning, we're all on the same base pay salary. That's crazy. Which is crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. You have to get yourself to and from the arena. They don't pay for your car. They don't pay for your hotel. And they pay for your um, airfare. And you're just lucky to be in the back of some jalopy airplane that you're like yes. lucky to make it from point <laughs> Man, A to point they, B. They set
1: that up nice because yeah. people
0: still want to be a part of it. They do. They're begging. Please let me pay for my own hotel room. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Please let me pay you to work for you. Exactly. Yeah, it's incredible. So their whole structure is just profit. And we didn't have, no one was doing our makeup at the time or our outfits. Like, we had to basically provide all of that. Yeah. Wow. I know. And every week you're on TV. There's a girl from Boise. She
1: might actually be your age. That was in WWE the same time. Really? I can't think of her name. She was blonde, though. Hmm um barbie I, or barbie blank maybe no I'll, I'll think of it i know um pretty big name just because not a lot of people from idaho make yeah it. so i know that she was on everyone's radar oh terry terry hmm. maybe terry wilson is there a terry wilson
0: i don't know I'll, I'll look it up i think we come and go yeah like we kind of they they kind of flip over talent pretty <laughs> easily we're pretty disposable in that company i think that's why i decided not to do it because he was like
1: if you had nothing going for you and you could drop everything and be in this camp, because you may be called up next week. Sure. You may be called up three years from now. Right. And I was like, no, no,
0: not for me. Just to have your future in someone's hands like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It luckily for me, it just doing the contest. I was sort of already in yeah. and I hadn't signed my contracts because they were trying to, they wanted to own my name, but I already had made a name with that name. And I thought how I'm not, no, you yeah. can't own my name. Because, like, every name that they give the wrestlers, they own those for in perpetuity. Wow. So they can't. That's why The Rock has to use Dwayne Johnson because WWE still owns that name. Wow. And I have a feeling they probably get a piece of every single thing that Dwayne does wow. from here until suck. forever because they feel like they're the ones that put him on the map and therefore they're entitled. I mean, if that's the road you want to take. Yeah, God bless you, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um so kind of on a more serious note, I know that is your is your mom of Asian descent. She is. She is. Yeah. Um has she had anything, you know, with the recent Asian hate? Has she experienced anything at all with that?
1: You know, not so my mom is very sweet, very nice, very naive, and I think if I was around her more, I'd probably pick up more, but she did say she had one incident where she felt like she was picked out of a crowd when they some lady told her to like stand back or like get away further but she didn't say anything to anybody else. Yeah. And for my mom to say that that means it was pretty obvious. Right. Because she really doesn't pick up on those little things. So that's probably the worst that she's had it, you know, growing up in Idaho, I was the only Asian even being half Asian that was in that high school. And so I didn't ever feel judged or any sort of racism towards me. If anything, I just felt like one of everybody in my description was the Asian girl. Oh my goodness. So that was your label? That was my, you know, Asian Katie because that was who I was because so <laughs> there was no other Asian girl. So, oh yeah, I know her. So maybe I didn't ever take offense to things and I don't think that anyone ever maliciously trying to be mean about me being asian right and me moving to vegas i just felt like i kind of found more like home yeah you know i have a lot of asian friends here and it made me really miss my culture and want to learn more about my culture because in idaho i didn't have that
0: and what uh, what country is your mom from? So she lived in
1: Korea. Okay. She thought she was Chinese her whole life. Oh I did. Gosh. I did a twenty three and me. <laughs> no, you told yes. her. She... By the way, mom. <laughs> no, I did. This is funny. story. I did twenty three and me like two years ago. I got it for my birthday because I just always wanted to know. Yeah. You know, she was a little darker, and so I was like, maybe we're part Mongolian. You know, let's let's find out. It came back that I was twenty four percent Korean, and like, not even ten percent Chinese. Wow. And so I got one for my mom and I was like, "Mom, I'm sorry, but you're <laughs> Korean." And she's like, "No, I'm not." He said, "Yeah, mom, it's science. Like you right. are." Yeah. <laughs> she was like, "Well, my grandparents spoke Chinese." I said, "I'm sure they did because you are part." Sure. But, you know, it kind of dwindled out there somewhere, so she had a she had to come to terms with she was actually more Korean than Chinese, which is that's funny.
0: amazing. I've always thought I was adopted just because <laughs> I kind of had really horrific parents. Like I want to be adopted. I do want. I fine. thought. I thought maybe the hospital made a mistake somehow. Um, and uh, I always just think because I know what I'm supposed to be. So I'm supposed to be like German, Hungarian, American, Indian, Scotch, Irish. But I'm thinking what if I'm just not? But then I'm scared to do that test because I feel like then they have all your information. Yeah. You weren't
1: scared to. It was on my radar, but then at the same time, like I'm not going to go out and like do any crimes. So if they like find my stuff, I'll be fine. But also, yeah, for like (laughs) research, there is a lot of options um, to opt in and opt out of. Oh, there is. Yeah. So you can be a part of some research and other stuff. You can take surveys and it just helps them kind of I guess, dwindle down more of like preferences. So for me, it's like people of your descent typically like chocolate over vanilla. So they do s- surveys like that. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's so fun. Oh my goodness. You know? That makes me want to take a test. Now. Yeah, it's fun. I actually really like it. But no, I guess that part of me, I just kind of was like, you know, if they use it, they use it. I don't know what they're going to use it for. So
0: yeah, no, I, I just, it, it's curious to me because obviously I You know, people don't know what I am. Sometimes people ask if I'm Latino. People ask if I'm European. They don't really kind of know. So I haven't really ever, um, other than getting my car keyed in high school, because I dated some, yeah, totally different story, but I dated someone that someone liked and they were mad at me because Mm -hmm. he wanted to go out with me, so they keyed my car. But I haven't ever had that experience. And I always wondered, you know, um, with just such you know, a prevalence of it happening during COVID, I wondered, you know, do attractive people that are of Asian descent are they just left alone? Right? Is this like, it's like is it the older people that are really getting the brunt of, you know, this disgusting sort of racism that popped its ugly head recently?
1: I don't I don't
0: think that I mean you see it more, yes, with the Asian
1: the older Asian community. I think, one, because they're more helpless. Yeah. Two, because it's more part of their culture. So they have accents or they're speaking some sort of Chinese or Korean. And so people that see them out maybe judge them more. Yeah. But I do see all over the internet, I see beautiful girls with these hate comments. Really? Yes. And it's it's horrific. But at the end of the day, I always try to remember who's saying those comments. It's true. And the people, especially, that are telling you to go back to China, like, if you really think about it, you're an idiot. Yeah. And so those people,
0: their IQ level has to be so low. you like, by the way, I don't even have a stamp on my passport to China. Yeah. Do I have a passport? Probably <laughs> I'm like not. like third generation, yeah.
1: But, you know, so it's like the people who are saying these comments to people, they're not very intelligent. Right. And a lot of them that are doing it on social media – they're doing it for attention. It's true. And I really, I dove deep into it because I wanted to make a post about it because, you know, we all get hate comments all the time yeah. about why people do this. And a lot of it, one, is for attention. And another one is because they're bored. They're yeah. envious. They're jealous. Whatever you want to say. It's never someone that's doing better than you. Right. It's never someone who's successful, intelligent. Um, you know, it's always
0: someone that's doing bad. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I know I I just thought because people say, you know, all oh, people that are attractive, life is easier, you know, whatever. And, you know, not to say like, oh, I'm such an attractive person. But like, yeah, my life has been anything but, but easy. I mean, I think people want to think that they know looking from the outside in that your life has been a piece of cake, you know.
1: But no, I think everyone has a story. Yeah. I think if you talk to anybody, they have a story. But it's how you come out of that story. Right. And so they're only going to pick the people that are successful and say, well, you don't know because you're pretty and you're successful. Right. Well, you don't know anything about me. Yeah. You don't know what I had to go through. So I think everyone has a story. I mean, one of the most positive, happy friends I've ever had has had awful problems with her mom. Yeah. And so you can't just sit there and say, oh, she's super pretty. She's had it easy. Right. You know, I think that we're pretty much, I mean, not equal playing fields, but everyone has something if yeah. you
0: really get down to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously, it's just a matter of, for me, it's like, look, you know, it's not just choices, right? Not just choices in your life. It's choices of how you accept information coming towards you, how you allow that to affect you, right? I mean, it's like, like you said, considering the source of where it's coming from, but not just that. It's not like, oh, they're an idiot. It's like, you know, just so understanding your why, in life and your purpose, that nothing is going to knock you off of like that path that you're on. No matter what anyone says to you, you just know without a doubt that you're exactly where you need to be. You're moving forward and you have that sort of unwavering faith that you're going to get everything you want out of life and really just manifesting the life, you know, that you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that too many people focus on the bad and what's happened to them
0: which is interesting i'm reading the secret again and it's like (laughs) they say you know you have all these bills that come in and it's like if you're like oh my gosh more bills well guess what more bills are gonna come and so this woman literally tried this thing where she said every time she got a bill she goes oh my gosh another check and she really kind of felt the emotion of how it would feel to just be getting more money and more money and then it literally like turned itself around and every time i think okay Is this book crazy? Am I crazy? Like, it is absolutely the truth. I mean, you really get back tenfold what you put out. Yeah. Positive thinking
1: changes my life. I mean, you can sit there and you can just be mad about everything or talk about bills and talk about what you don't have and talk about what opportunities you miss out on. That whole time you're thinking that is time that you could be doing changing your life and time that you could be doing fixing those things or capitalizing on opportunities
0: yeah i mean really it's uh i posted something the other day about um usain bolt and how he said he's like i spent four years training to run nine seconds and some people will give up after two months of trying that's such a great four years to run nine seconds yeah And then people are like, "Uh, it hasn't happened for me in a month. I'm done. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) What is happening? Well, people don't see. I mean, now with social media, they don't see the hard work. They don't. So,
1: you know, it's a highlight reel. So everyone's just seeing what you did. And they're like, how come I didn't get all those things?
0: Well, people are just seeing what people, what you want them to see. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a really big reason for this podcast because... I was saying, I think I must be a vampire. I think I've lived about 500 years (laughs) with the amount of stories and weird things that have happened in my life. But I felt like it was just really time to share, you know, like the cancer that I went through and my infertility and my really kind of rough upbringing and a really difficult childhood that I sort of, there was a choice there, right? Um, And unfortunately, my sister took another route where she got hooked on cocaine really badly, trying to sort of escape and... I mean, look, the perfectionist route was definitely not the best thing to do, but, um, you know, I made that choice, like, that I'm not going to be like these people, and I'm going to make something out of myself no matter how much they said. You're not pretty enough. You're not talented enough. You're not going to make it. Like, all that negative, I just said, "I, I don't believe you. You know what I mean? I believe I have what it takes to do whatever I want in this world. And I remember saying, at one point, you know, I'm going to do great things and I'm going to save the world. And my mom was just laughing, you know, she's like, you're, you're an idiot. What are you saving? What are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm kidding. Like, you know <laughs> mean? I'm like five. I'm like, I'm going to do something huge. Like, but I'm going to be great. Yeah. Do you think that's something that you were born with? I do. I think, I mean, look, I think it can be taught. Mm-hmm. I think like that, that mental fortitude, I think that you are definitely, um, you have it or you don't, but I definitely think that there is a varying degree that, You can teach someone that has that negative thought process to kind of flip that around. Obviously, look, it's going to take a lot. I mean, for me even, I've been getting, I found a life coach at 50. I've been doing really well. But I realized that I take on 200 things at a time because I'm still somehow proving that I was good enough Mm -hmm. to have the love and the hugs and the I'm proud of you's that I never got. And to like stop the abuse. Yeah. Like that's what I'm doing. Like yeah. why are you doing all these things? Why are you running yourself into the ground? And it's like, oh I've gotten past that, I'm done. You know what I mean, I forgive them. Like no Amy, no you haven't. That makes so much sense. Because why are you still trying to prove, who are you trying to prove yourself to? Yeah, Really, you're enough if you stopped it, it, like you are enough, exactly how you are. And it's like, oh my gosh, having that like gut punch was really tough to swallow. But then I realized there are still so many little crevices that are just broken that I've got to go in and fix. And so this life coach, I mean, I thought we were just going to do some talk. <laughs> and then somebody's like, okay, so we're going to go ahead and hypnotize you. I was like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. I actually really want to get a life coach he's done it. I've done it three times now. And I have to say that um, it's really rough because my brain, I don't remember a lot of my childhood. And I know my brain has purposely um, blocked off most of it just to protect me from just how horrific it was. Um, But oh my gosh, the other day I went to a place that was just, I mean, he snapped his fingers and I just was like, I literally I was crying so hard and there I was four years old again you know what I mean and I could see the kitchen I could smell everything and it was just Mm -hmm. so strange and he kind of had to walk me through what happened and and basically for me to get to the point of like had nothing to do with me yeah it wasn't my fault yeah like for me to take on right all this stuff is my fault like you carry that through your whole entire life and it's just exhausting my mom is very closed
1: off. I mean, I think it's also an Asian yeah. culture thing. But when she was young, she, so she was adopted when she was 14. Okay. But when she was young, her dad was an alcoholic and abused the entire, I don't even know how many years, didn't want her around. Didn't Her mom didn't want her around. She was living with her grandma. And then, long story short, she ended up, her and her sister went to foster care in the U.S. because her mom sent for them when she was dying. So her mom actually passed away before they actually saw her so they were put in foster care and that's oh how she gosh. got adopted. Wow. But she doesn't remember.
0: Yeah.
1: Her childhood. And that's I mean that's why I don't have a lot of the culture either. She was fluent obviously in Korean and Mandarin. I don't know any of that and she swears she doesn't know any of it. I mean you're 14. You yeah. you would have You would have remembered. So she's the same just complete disassociation with Yeah, anything that happened in her same with me.
0: Very abusive alcoholic father, Mm -hmm. monster father. Yeah, wow, it's so incredible. Just how like, I think we use like four to six percent of our conscious mind. That's it. Wow, and everything else is sort of unconscious, and so it's just amazing how much our brains understand that if we have to keep seeing this and reliving it. So how detrimental it would be to yeah, protecting our mental you from health. the trauma yeah but i have to go like i'm going back i'm like i don't know why i keep going back for this <laughs> But when i come out of it it's really interesting i come out of it and i just feel so present do you know what i mean yeah. like sometimes like especially with like you know um you know women or girls whoever it is that, that have gone through this abuse and they're trying to sort of prove that they're okay always looking for that next thing that's going, that they're going to do, that's going to prove just how amazing and wonderful and of the value they are and how, you know, they, they deserve good things and they're enough. And, um, it's just like, then they miss that whole present, right? That's such a good point. And so, um, you know, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm just here. I'm not even thinking about tomorrow. Like it's finally just allowing me just to kind of just live in, you know, the present moment because there's just so many amazing things and feelings that, you know, can happen um, that people miss out on. Yeah. Because all they're doing is like they're thinking about the past or they're looking toward the future. Yeah. And then when you get older,
1: you wish you would have been more present in this time. Yeah. And so you're constantly chasing one direction or the other.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Oh, my goodness. Well, you have been such a joy to Thank have. You. I mean, you're just such a light and and oh, I mean, I appreciate you talking about maybe some uncomfortable things. It's just for me, like I just I, I want to understand human nature and I want to understand other people's stories. I mean, we do all have a story. And I think that as a collective whole, all of our stories, that's just what makes our world such a beautiful place to live. I mean, all the different countries that I've gone to, it's just, I've come back a changed person just to see different cultures and their way of life and how it's, you know, just completely polar opposite of how I was raised, you know?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, I did some research on you, too. So Uh (laughs) I love your story and your perseverance. And I think a lot of people can learn from you and how you've come out on the other end, because I don't think... A lot of people can, and that's why I asked if you thought it was something you were born with, because there's times in my life where you see people who have made it, and then you're wondering, what is it in them that have helped them make it? Was it their friends? Was it their family? Or is it just something that was inside of them that yeah. pushed them?
0: Yeah, I think I, I think you may be born with it, for yeah. sure. Um, obviously, things along the way, you might run into people, and. You know, for me, I think it was just, I think, a matter of I just had something to prove. Um, but that also was just, like, exhausting. And I still want to go out and be, like, a really great person. I really want to help change people's lives. But at this point, like, I don't have anything to prove. You know what I mean? Live like, in the I present. Live in the present. This is it. It's like I'm not thinking about what I'm having for dinner or what's going on. It's like just sitting here and being with you and really getting to know you as a human being has just been really an incredible time. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. All right, guys, I appreciate you listening and we will see you next time. And remember, when it's raining, always look for those rainbows. And when it's dark, find those stars.